This is an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. So welcome to another exciting series of episodes at the Ultimate Global Podcast. Um, and in this uh, special series of episodes on environment and sustainability, we are talking about this topic of uh, creating a positive impact through education on sustainability. Um, I went through a, the profile of our speaker today, Vis, um, and he's a senior sustainability consultant at KPMG. Um, and... Uh, he has been doing some incredible stuff with regards to sustainability. He also runs his own podcast called Green Fluence. So maybe with, why not start with a brief introduction about yourself, your podcast, um, and what exciting things you have been doing in the sustainability space? Yeah, thanks, Saurabh. And hello to everyone. And it's a pleasure to be on the podcast. Yeah, so my name is Vis. And although I am in sustainability, I've had a bit of an unconventional route. So after high school, I did actuarial studies and applied finance. So as you might be thinking, quite numbers heavy, quite quantitative. Um, and throughout the degree, there were some aspects I liked, but really I found it very hard to land a grad job in the actuarial space. And I, I really like struggled throughout my degree academically. And, and to me, I always had a strong passion about trying to do something with a career and purpose and trying to have a, have a career that's quite purposeful and quite impactful. So in my first year of working full time um, at KPMG, I actually um, was in a different team. And while I was there, I, I thought, what's the greatest challenge of our time, of my generation's time? And that was climate change. And from there, I looked at how can I use my skill set and my knowledge to sort of help solve the problem. And I realized that I did study finance and naturally I was quite interested in sustainable finance and ESG. Um, which I'm happy to explain a bit later. But and, and from there, it was a matter of me trying to upskill myself, learning as much as I could about the space, doing a few external courses. Um, and then I was able to transfer teams into the sustainability team at KPMG. Um, and I've been here for around 10 months. And during this time, I actually was involved in starting a podcast called Greenfluence along with my co-founder. Um, and the whole focus was to you know try something new um, try and give young people a greater perspective on sustainability, on, on climate change, beyond just the world's getting hotter, but how does it link to finance? Uh, how does it link to VC? How does it link to the global ecosystem? And it's been a great ride so far. It's been over a year. We've managed to interview some really awesome guests. And um, yeah, that's a bit about my journey, sort of. So it's been quite interesting. Absolutely. Phenomenal. I think... Um... Your journey speaks a lot about your interest towards sustainability, and that's why I wanted to hear more about what you think um, and from your expertise, from your knowledge domain. Now, uh, moving from your introduction, I would also want to point out towards this fact that uh, I really feel nowadays organizations are keeping sufficient amount of their budgets um, towards their corporate social responsibility. As we know that CSR is you know, becoming more and more important. Uh, in, in fact, if you go to the websites of these companies or even check their annual reports, there is a separate section for the CSR where they want to invest towards environmental practices or if any kind of sustainable practices. Um, how important do you see that is becoming? And 
do you really feel that these kind of companies are uh, trying to make that impact on ground or is it just for their annual reports? Because sometimes, you know, when, when you try to scratch the surface, uh, it's not the same as what is shown, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's a very interesting question because it's like when something becomes big or people want to jump on the bandwagon. So how do you differentiate the signal from the noise? And I think CSR has been around for you know quite a while, 20 years, I think. And, and now like it's we've slowly transitioned to initially it was CSR, corporate social responsibility, in the sense that it was a very small part of the agenda. Only some firms did it. But now we are seeing uh, a lot of evidence that suggests that ESG factors, that our environment, climate transition plans actually affect the bottom dollar. And there's a huge business case. And I think whatever has been said and done, I think that essentially is what is going to incentivize a lot of organizations. Um, and, and, and I think it's, it's really good to see. Um, I, I do think it's definitely a trend that's here to stay. But that being said, there's been huge concerns about greenwashing and and what greenwashing is for those of you who might not know it's when say a company any organization tries to talk up its claims on sustainability and uses it as a marketing ploy but is not able to verify those um so one key example that we see quite a bit is like a whole lot of companies might make claims about net zero or say they're carbon neutral but where's the evidence behind that um and i think that's where a lot of frameworks like science-based targets um, and, and alignment with climate frameworks come into play. And, and as investors, as stakeholders, as even young people, we need to keep these companies accountable. So I would say that for a lot of companies, it's quite genuine, but I think we have a responsibility to keep these companies to account and, and ensure that they are serving the best interests, not only of shareholders, but also stakeholders and the wider society. And I think this is an important question that you have touched based upon with that. How do you create that fine line between the interest of your customers, the interest of your shareholders, and also the interest of the board members who are ultimately sitting in that final board meeting room to take decisions on the profits and the financial statements of your company? So how are they making those decisions to make sure that the profits are also rising, the brand name is also intact, and we are also investing enough towards sustainable practices or environmental practices, good environmental practices. Do you think these kind of discussions now are becoming part of the boardroom meetings uh, with the top CXOs of the companies, isn't it? Yeah, I know, 100% agree. I agree, I agree with you um, on that note. I think a lot of companies now um, are doing this thing called integrated reporting where they've well, you know, in the past, it's been the annual report, but now they are looking at not only the finances, but integrating sustainability, um, looking at social factors, things like that. And a lot of companies, especially big companies, have an annual report and sustainability report. So I think we're, we're already we're already seeing that um, transition. Um, and, and, and yeah, I, I think it's like really exciting to see and it's definitely here to stay. Yep. Yeah, uh Share something about your podcast with Vilvis because I know that you are running a podcast which is called Green Fluence and it says that it's a podcast on and a community through which you are trying to empower uh, and create a positive impact on uh, sustainability and climate change. We all know that climate change is becoming more and more predominant in this year. If you are in Sydney, we haven't seen this much rain in Sydney uh, for so long. 
Uh, when I came in Sydney in 2019, we saw one of the worst bushfires. Uh, so we have seen bushfires, we have seen rains in Sydney, and pretty much same as the case with the other parts in the world as well. If you talk about California, some of the parts in Europe this year had a very bad bushfire during the summer season. So definitely, you know, climate change is becoming a topic which is uh, getting on the minds of the leaders. Um, you know, but the question again is, is that really uh, turning out, uh, turning into uh, tangible actions? Are you also able to raise this kind of a voice through the podcast that you're running? Yeah, for sure. And I think you made a great point, Saurabh. So um, I was reading somewhere that the Paris agreements say to, to say, ideally, we want to limit increase up to 1.5 degrees, if not two degrees. But our our, our trajectory now is, is heading towards three degrees Celsius. And that will have so much of detrimental consequences. And that's part of the reason why in like the three years you've been here, you've seen bushfires, floods. So definitely a huge concern. And, and yes, like essentially that is something that we do want to highlight. And something that we're doing on the podcast now is we want to focus on COP, um, the climate conferences right now in Egypt and, and really educate our audience about that and to see like what, and to see the effects that that will bring and whether it's agreements or agreements with action and that's the key thing and i think going back to green influence i think that's essentially what we want to do is we want to educate people and help them understand like everything that's happening in the space because like i guess in the past i've seen everything about climate change and, and sustainability but i don't know where to start this information coming here there, and everywhere and it's like how do you get and tailor your certain brand for your audience. And I think that's something that you can relate to as well, sort of like, how do you make the podcast relatable, right? And I think we, we're trying to do that right now by having really inspiring guests. So we're, we're trying to get some of the top green voices on LinkedIn. We're trying to get young people, um, like startup founders and also experienced people who have that like diversity of thought and view. And we also want to break our podcast down into themes. So this so this season, the focus is on the circular economy. How do we better resource material and create business solutions? Uh, in the past, it was about impact investing and how do you make your money go further and, and deliver profit and purpose. So I think like really understanding that market and also like how do you how do you connect with them? Like would articles work or is it more infographics? What channels do you use? Like LinkedIn, things like that. So I think it's been such a very good experience. And I think this all boils down to the community. How do we inspire the community and get them to talk about the space? Um, for me personally, if someone tells me this, I entered the climate space because of Greenfluence, I wanted to work in sustainability because of Greenfluence, like that would give me so much satisfaction. And um, hearing that would be like amazing to actually show how we're making the impact. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. When I mean, you're trying to talk about uh, sustainability around different avenues of sustainability in different seasons that you are covering. So that's pretty interesting. Um, and th that's how I was telling you before the recording, how we started off this podcast was based on very, very different themes, um, going from technology, business, uh, politics, uh, history, because I really feel that everyone has got a very different story. Um, I've invited a lot of founders in the recent uh, times. I think in the last two months, we have invited around 10 to 12 founders. Um, some of them are running their small startups. Some of them are CEOs of large companies. And there is a very uh, 
huge distinction uh, because of the stage at which their company is. Uh, some of them are have already raised enough money that they they are no longer worrying about the money. They are worried about investing in their teams. Some of them are kind of at a very early stage. So you learn through those stories uh, when you bring the people on your podcast. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, I would love to talk to you more about the Paris Agreement. Now, in yeah. the Paris Agreement, we know a lot of things have been said. The one which was signed in 2015, um, there have been a lot of actions being taken by the countries as well at their respective levels as to what uh, what all they are contributing. Um, some of the countries have also backed out at times, like the United States did that back in 2018 when you know there was a different president. Uh, who might again come back in 2024? So, how do you see this kind of these kind of things happening uh, with regards to the Paris Agreement? Uh, what kind of other actions uh, can be taken with regards to that? Do you really think that Paris Agreement is being followed properly? Yeah, I think it's a very interesting point, and I'm, I'm by no means an expert in international agreements, but I think the Paris Agreement was just so important in 2015 because it was a landmark moment where you got like almost every country if not every country in the world getting involved in that and and saying that you know we want to limit our temperature increase um to 1.5 degrees if not two degrees um and, and i think like a lot of for i might be wrong here but quite a few of them had them at different times but i think it was when it was sort of the build-up of all these efforts in the past 20 years and i think like one can argue have different countries made progress some have some haven't but I think it's just it's been so important as well um, when you think about this whole movement in sustainability in the corporate world and, and helping businesses become net zero. The Paris Agreement has provided them a framework and that's set the guideline for science-based targets, um, science-based targets and incorporating science into, into business and trying to um, kind of also measure um, the impact of how a certain activity in your supply chain can actually, can actually contribute to a temperature warming or looking at things like responsible concentration pathways where you do scenario analysis and see like what are, so like say if the temperature warms by three degrees, what's the effect, um, what's gonna happen say to like our ecosystems or, or natural disasters, things like that. So I think like that was a really key catalyst, but I think a challenge will be how do governments respond and how do they stick to the targets and I think a lot of net zero targets are linked to the Paris agreements, like, you know, net zero by 2050, net zero by 2100 or 2070, whatever it may be. Um, but that's still like a long time in the future. And I think the challenge is how do we remain focused on what we're doing now? We don't want to, we don't want to set and forget, if you get what I mean. We don't want to leave it till 2040 when it's a problem that has to be solved now. So I think like, um, Paris agreements are fantastic, but I think nations also need to break it down into shorter term goals. Um, do we need to use carbon offsets or should we invest more in renewables? How do we how do we um, look at renewables when so many people might work in coal mining? How do we balance like the economic and environmental case? So I think those are our key considerations and the Paris agreements are fantastic, um, but they'll need to be monitored quite well with regard to other targets. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, some of the people don't even understand what Paris Agreement is all about. Um, and that's why it's it's very easy sometimes for political leaders to manipulate their words before the yeah. elections and say that 
we can reduce the pollution by 2% or we can make an impact on the climate by bringing in these many renewable energy resources where is the budget so yeah. um you know uh, and have you created an alternative platform for that uh, that it can be replaced by 2030 or 2035 or what action are you going to take so you know i also feel that people need to be more aware uh, when they are trying to choose the right uh, political leader for their country uh, they need to ask more questions to their leaders yeah. so that you know they are they are continuously monitored on the climate actions that they are taking and then yeah. you know i think it's becoming important from an industry expert point of view that uh, you kind of know more about climate change you know more about global warming um, and what kind of actions can be taken in the right direction so that yeah. we are creating an alternative structure if not by 2030 at least by 2035 2040 Yeah, I think I agree and I think on that point the problem is climate change is a very long-term problem um but we have to get started on the solution but politics is a very short-term game like some election cycles are like 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 you know like a few years 2 3 years and so then where's your incentive to actually make an impact or like to look at a longer-term climate solution like in Australia we've seen like in the 2010s in 2009 um the the flip-flopping of the government or the changing of the government meant we didn't have a cohesive kind of climate target because a new party came and they had a different view and things like that so i think like that's just a huge challenge and we need our leaders to think long term and and to help them understand that and um i guess like my i guess i have my fingers crossed that our labor government now um is quite focused on net zero and climate targets Oh yeah absolutely i think that they've got a good target um unless you know they start taking any uh, substantial action in that direction uh, i think they have also invested some budget into that so let's see what happens um but uh, you know just coming back to the the thing that uh, how countries uh, should respond back now do you think that there is a role played by podcasts like these like your podcast our podcast in kind of generating these discussions with the common people uh, that includes uh, people in the industry people who are young entrepreneurs the millennials the gen z these are the future uh, they are the future of uh, who are going to live in the, on this planet and kind of they need to decide uh, what was the right action that they need to take Yeah, definitely. I think look, I think with podcasts, it's the most effective medium for Gen Z these days. Like it's so easy to listen to, so accessible. And I think like that's how, you know, like podcasts like UGP and Greenfluence can really make an impact by like giving that information and like inspiring action. A lot of the time you don't know who you inspire, but something might really click for someone and I think there's like a lot of potential and I think like a lot of people and and I think even us um in the work we do in podcasts like we have a great role to play in connecting people in the space i think like just hearing that people are so willing to talk to people who they would never approach but because they because they come up as friendly and keen to keen to connect um they can make those connections and can help them you know find a job and learn more about the space things like that and and the thing with like a something like climate change it has a ripple effect the more people you talk about um the more important it is because um the more minds you have working on it it can only be it can only be better and there isn't really a downside um so yeah i i think it's all about that ripple effect you create in wider society um because it might not seem like a huge thing but 
if some people listen to it, then they pass it on to their friends, then that person connects to the guest, and then you don't know what can happen, right? And I think that's why um, you see now the even the companies are kind of monitoring uh, their carbon footprint through the different initiatives that they take. Um, I see nowadays a lot of companies trying to put that as a part of how much carbon footprint they had through the different actions they took in a particular year, and they kind of are justifying it to their stakeholders. Um, that that you know that's pretty impressive, uh, and that's a good beginning point. That at least now the companies think that we need to we have a stakeholder, and uh, and I think the customers are also realizing before purchasing any product, they see everything. We've got very yeah. smart base of customers these days who will see everything and they'll um, research a bit about the company before buying that product, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I think like consumers these days have so much choice, and I think they just think more about the impact it has like there's so many studies that show like our generation in terms of gen z are the most um are the most like ethically minded we care about the social impact we care about the brands and um importantly we care about the companies they work for and what they're doing to wider society um so i think it's really good that that's driven from the younger generations because it will affect our generation a lot more than our parents and grandparents so i, I think that's really good to see yep um well, thank you so much, Vis. I really appreciate your time this evening uh, after your nice. normal working working hours. Um, uh, it was a really insightful discussion for me. Uh, I learned a lot of new things. Um, so thank you so much for that. And any final comments before uh, we close off this podcast for this evening? Uh, look, Saurav, it's, it's been a great pleasure to be on the podcast. Thanks for inviting me on. Um, I, think, I think definitely um, I'm all about, you know, helping young people find a purpose in their careers and um yeah more than willing to more than willing to talk to any of your listeners um feel free to reach out to me on linkedin um and and i guess the advice i'd say is just keep showing up and keep being consistent um and yeah like wish everyone all the best going forward thank you so much Vis. really appreciate that and uh, of course we are going to tag um, green fluence uh, people can get in touch with Vis and understand more about what he's doing um, and we will definitely want to do some um, collaboration as well with Greenfluence in the near future if there is a chance. Um, but thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Um, thank you. And that's it for today. Great. Thanks, Saurabh. And thanks, everyone. This is an Ultimate Global Podcast. Hello, and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney.